right. Hey, family, we should be live. Um, as always, give us a thumbs up in the chat if you can hear us. That way I know everything is working. Sorry uh, for the little bit late start there. We're just getting our notes together and making sure everything is working. Anyway, it's great to be here with my brother, Pete Garcia, again. How are you doing tonight, brother? I am good. Really excited about tonight. Me too, man. This is a really cool topic, guys, that we're going to be talking about tonight. And uh, thank you, Stacy White. I see the thumbs up. Felicia, thank you. Donna, Linda, lots of thumbs ups. Awesome. Thank you, guys. So tonight, as you can tell, I've titled this video rapture the final four question mark and so we're going to get into some really interesting stuff we have a chart and uh plenty of scriptures to dive in here to and look at tonight but here's the thing guys what we're talking about tonight is extremely exciting it's extremely encouraging but i want to make it very very clear right here at the beginning that pete and i both we're just thinking out loud on this. Neither one of us are prophets. We don't claim to be prophets. Um, we do not know if the rapture is going to happen somewhere in these next four years. Um, and it may, it very well could. And also it may not. We are not making any claims. But what we are doing is looking at scripture and using the God-given intellect that God has given us and we're watching as Christ commanded us. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, Therefore, be sober and watch. And also, I, I just put a new um, lock screen on my phone, a picture on my phone recently that's just encouraging to me. And it has this uh, passage, 2 Peter 1.19. And it says, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. And I would say you and I are certainly there. We have the prophetic word of God, and it has been more fully confirmed to us just in these last few years than I ever would have imagined. The things that we are seeing happening before our eyes that are prophetically significant are incredible. But the rest of the scripture says, we have these prophetic words more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns, the day, think about that. Keep that in your mind as, as we go forward here. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And of course, that morning star is a picture of the um, pre-tribulation rapture. And so these are really, really exciting and encouraging things to talk about. Things we should be paying attention to. These are things we should be encouraging each other with. We should be looking up and watching for the return of our Lord. And I truly do believe that it is near. I truly believe that we are that final generation. Um, but again, I just want to make it very clear. We're not making any uh, claims or predictions here. We're thinking out loud together as brothers and sisters in Christ, looking at scriptures together and encouraging one another. So with that, I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and take it off here, Pete, and we'll just jump back and forth as we go here yeah and if if for whatever reason i my my um feed drops off it you know my internet's not the greatest where i'm at right now so i'll uh, i'll be sure to come back on so but i think i think one of the great tragedies tyler is that 
you know, we live in the last generation. I, I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are the last generation. One of the great tragedies is that um, there's only a handful of Christians watching for Christ's return. And I think that that in large part, that's become the norm because you have these two extremes. You know, in one hand, you have the, the crazies out there, the, the lunatic fringe uh, who, you know, like the Millerites, the Branch Davidians, uh, Harold Camping and others that have really done great damage to this idea of being a watchman and watching for the Lord to return. It's become almost taboo within most churches these days. And then on the other hand, you have the other extreme saying that we should never talk about the, the Lord's return. It's too controversial or, um, you know, we have to, we have to be busy, you know, um, planting churches and being relevant to a culture that's in decline and, and becoming more inclusive and all, you know, all this stuff that we see today. And they would talk about anything in the world other than the return of Christ. And that just, it seems crazy to me. It seems crazy to me that, that um, the most, you know, arguably the most significant event in the history of the, of the world, apart from Christ's first coming, and we're not allowed to talk about it. We're, you know, we're not even allowed to have an adult conversation as believers about, you know, presenting reasonable and honest uh, discussions about the Lord's return or even the season of his return. And I think that's what that kind of drove me to this um, chart tonight. And I wanted to be able to present something that was easy to understand. That was, um, you know, it wasn't based on constellation or Jewish feast dates or, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, dismissing those things. I'm just saying I wanted to present it from a different angle and just to look at it from really the most solid positions I could find to, to look at the Lord's return. And so I, I put together a very simple chart. It doesn't take, uh, it doesn't require a lot of uh, math. <laughs> it doesn't require uh, a lot of, a lot of mental uh, uh, cheetah flips. It, it, you're going to be able to see it and read it. And then we're going to base that off of two things. One, very well-known historical events and two, uh, very clear scripture passages that, that, that kind of tie in with this whole concept. So hey, um, let me jump in here real quick. A lot of people are saying in the chat that your mic is sounding cack crackly. Listen, guys, we know yeah. that Pete's mic is crackly. You're just going to have to roll with it. He's at a hotel um, and this, his internet is not the greatest. So he is at least, I, I think I can understand him perfectly fine. Although it doesn't sound great. I can understand him fine. And um, if you guys can't even understand what he's saying, let me know. But I think uh, I think he's perfectly good enough to to keep going because I can understand what he's saying. It's just not doesn't sound the best. So, yeah, okay. people this, are saying they can, a little better. They can understand you. OK, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll talk slowly, too. So, no, it sounds good. People are saying it's good enough. Okay. Yeah, I apologize. I'm in a very rural part of the country, and the internet is so-so at best. So, also want to say, okay. I want to, I want to join your comment there. What you said about it's kind of a shame that we're not even allowed to have an adult conversation about this topic. Um, I completely agree. It's, it's almost like uh, the, 
there's even, you know, people who love the Lord who are even interested in Bible prophecy, but they, for some reason, have this real, like, oh, you need to be careful that you don't get people's hopes up. Like, don't even get excited. Don't even act excited. Don't even say that Jesus is coming soon. Don't. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but when I look at scripture, I don't see any scriptures that are like, hey, when you get in the last times and you see these signs, make sure you don't get excited. Like, don't get don't get too carried away. Don't get really excited. Just keep keep your head down and don't look up. I kind of see the opposite. To me, when I look at the flavor of these end time scriptures, it's like Jesus is like, hey, when you see these things, start looking up. Hebrews 10, 25, encourage one another as these as you know, w- with these words, as you see the day approaching. Uh, and, and Paul talks about it many times. Therefore, you know, we comfort one another with these words. So I think it's really, really important that we do get excited and do get together and encourage each other and start looking up because shame on us if we miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, let me let me unplug the mic real quick and see if that maybe that will help. And I'm just going to talk into the laptop. You want to try that? Yeah, let's try it. We'll see. Okay, give me one second. You can keep talking. Okay. So I'm sure, yeah. And so that I see you guys in the chat saying yeah. the, the same thing. We think about it every day, beyond excited. It gives let's us see. hope times. And I I love getting together with my brothers and sisters in Christ, all of you here in the chat, and talking about these things. And and I would encourage you, like it says in Revelation, you know, three eleven. Hold fast and and don't let anyone steal your crown. Don't don't let anyone tell you you can't be excited about Jesus coming because we are. We're we're not here saying he's showing up on Thursday, the such and such date of the such and such year. We're saying, hey, look at scripture. It looks like we're getting really close. Let's start looking up. How's your mic? Yeah. Okay. How do, do I do I send okay? Yeah, that actually sounds better. Okay. Good. Hey, you know, just just to kind of add on to what you just said there, you know, if anybody out there has been following Britt Gillette um, and he does a lot of uh, economic updates um, and technology updates. Folks, if the Lord doesn't come back, (laughs) I mean, let's just set aside the fact, let's just say that Jesus wasn't going to come back for a thousand years or a million years or whatever. He was never coming back. And we were just going to have to live on this planet until, you know, uh, the planet blew up or whatever. Um, at the rate we're going, I mean, we are we are racing, racing into tribulation territory. I mean, I don't see how we get past 2026 without right. being plunged into some part of the beast kingdom. Um, so, so let's get um, into it, man. Yeah, let me, let me share my screen here. Give me a second. All right. All right, folks, this is a, a bit what they call a build slide. Here we go. All right. All right. So I told you guys this, this chart was really simple. <laughs> it's not this simple, but um, I wanted to start off with some known times. These are these should be without any question, um, uh, very obvious dates for everybody. Let's see, oh, there we go. All right, 
So we have basically four dates on here, and, and the fig tree logo is covering up the last date. But uh, we have uh, this year, which is 2023. The year to the right of that would be 2033, which is 10 years in the future. We have 1948, uh, which is the rebirth of national Israel. And then we have 33 AD, which uh, most scholars, almost 99.999% would say would be the latest date that Christ was crucified. I know there's debate over, this is really the, the probably the most speculative date I have on here is this 33 AD because some folks are convinced the Lord was uh, crucified on 30, 30 AD, some think, you know, 32 AD. Uh, I believe 33 AD for, for some other reasons um, that I can explain later if it's necessary, but that's the date I hold to. Now, we know prior to that, we had the 69th week of Daniel. That ended with the, the death of Christ on the cross. All right. So where I differ, not differ, but where I'm where I'm trying a different angle from or looking at it from a different perspective here is that um, most of the time when we think back to the uh, Jewish uh, diaspora, uh, everyone starts at the year 70 A.D., which was the year that the Roman legions uh, sieged and then sacked Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. Now that's that's pretty much been the standard. So when we look back from say 1948 to the year 70 AD, that's 1,878 years. So for the purposes of this, I'm not going to start at 70 AD, but I'm going to go to 33 AD. And I want to jump in there because I think this is a really big point, guys. A lot of times you we kind of unknowingly do this. When you think you're kind of thinking of like uh, 2000 years and we're going to get into that more in a second, but your mind kind of just goes to, OK, since Jerusalem has been gone. And and that's what we're going to show here is that's not the right point to start thinking uh, the where the beginning of that 2000 year clock started ticking. It's really 33. It's at the cross or whenever the cross is not 70 A.D. Yeah. So if we look back from today's date back to 1948 to the national rebirth of Israel, we get to 70, we get 75 years. Right. Everybody tracking so far. This is not this isn't hard. Uh, this shouldn't be complicated. Yep. Now, the reason I'm starting at 33 A.D. rather than uh, 70 A.D. is because I'm taking the focus away from the city of Jerusalem back to Jesus. And uh, I listed these passages out um, because what I'm going to go to here in a second is going to sound a little weird, but I, I want to make sure that people understand why I'm going there. We know that uh, Daniel 9.26, uh, let me pull it up real quick. Also, one, one thing I wanted to say here, folks, is we have 33 AD, because I just seen some chats here. Don't get caught up on which year you think the crucifixion was. We're... 33 is essentially the latest one that people agree like it was either 33 or earlier. So let's go ahead and take 33 as the most conservative estimate. Okay. 
whether or not you have a certain year you think is uh, more likely the crucifixion date or not, for the sense of uh, this diagram, it makes sense to go from 33 because this is a, the most conservative estimate. All right. So going with Daniel 9.26, it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The streets shall be built again in the wall, even in troublesome times. And after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the Prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary the end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war desolations are determined. So going back to Daniel's time, he prophesied the, the prophecy of the 70 weeks was given to him by the angel Gabriel. And he says that by this, the end of the, after the 69 weeks, Messiah is going to be cut off. So we know that uh, when Jesus was standing there next to Barabbas in front of Pontius Pilate and the crowd was, was chanting, uh, give us Barabbas. And they said something very curious that's recorded there in Matthew 27, 25. They, and, you know, Pontius Pilate is basically saying, hey, Jesus hasn't done anything wrong. I don't have any reason to crucify him. And then the Jewish crowd said, let his blood be upon us and our children. They they put this cursing upon themselves, right? And then uh, we know that at the moment that Christ died uh, on the cross, that the the temple veil was written to signifying the Holy Spirit's departure from the, the, the terror, the temple there. Um, so, and then subsequent to that, you know, prior to Christ's death, you know, he had spoken earlier about this parable, the fig tree, uh, there in Luke 13 In Luke 13, he says, uh, there was a certain man that had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came, see- he came seeking it. So there's, a lot of passages that we can get to that speak to this idea of being cut off. And then certainly this passage here talks about three years. And then in the fourth year, um, if it still doesn't bear fruit, he to cut it down. Right. Let me read and that, then we know that. What's that? Let me read that one. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Luke, Luke 13, six through nine. It says he also, and this is Jesus speaking. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And this is very clearly, guys, uh, Jesus equating Israel with a fig tree, by the way. Uh, Verse seven. Then he said to the keeper on his vineyard of his vineyard, look, for three years, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. So remember, the length of Jesus ministry was about three years. Then it says, cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. And so this is a very clear picture of, you know, Israel having no fruit, having no spiritual fruit, rejecting the Messiah and then being cut off. And uh, this absolutely ties in with this is why Jesus went up to that fig tree and. Uh, in, in real life, not a parable, but actually walked up to a fig tree and found no fruit on it and cursed it and it withered. Um, this was a lesson, a, um, a Sunday school lesson, if you will, to the, to the apostles who saw this happen. Uh, and this all ties in together. This is, has to do with 
uh, Israel rejecting the Messiah and being cut off. Right. And then we know after that that Paul wrote about this blindness on part that would be on Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles is found there in Romans 11.25. So there's this, we see a series of events that, that regard the um, uh, I don't want to say destruction, but the um, the cut off generation, the cut off, cutting off of that generation that that denied Christ, and crucified him, yeah. and uh, you know this this idea is not uh, this is not to say that Jews couldn't get saved during this time. Obviously, the early church was Jewish, but as the church began to spread out from Jerusalem, we read through Acts. The gospel begins to flourish in, in the rest of the Roman Empire. Then it becomes very hostile to Christianity in Jerusalem. Um, and so certainly by the time that, that Jerusalem was de, uh, destroyed in 70 AD, um, uh, we know that a, a great number of Christians had already been killed inside of Jerusalem for their faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so also, we call make one thing clear here, guys. We're also, just to be clear, we're not saying that um, anything like replacement theology if in case you're a no. new, new viewer here, uh, Israel is definitely not cut off in the sense that there's no part, no plan for them and they are no longer God's people. They absolutely still are God's people and all God's promises do hold true for them still. Uh, yeah. But that we are talking about cut off in a, in a national sense and uh, the Messiah being cut off here, like it says in Daniel nine twenty six, but, but not for himself. And so, um, that, those are the things we're referencing. Yeah, and so the, um, we see we see as discussed in Deuteronomy 30 and other passages within Deuteronomy where Moses was warning them ahead of time uh, what would happen to them, and uh, they would be scattered across the world. They would be a by their name would be a byword, and we certainly see this happening. We see this happening from. Uh, even before 70 AD, um, uh, they were still under the, the thumb of Rome, uh, who would go in there frequently and exert their authority all the way through um, the, uh, the expulsions in different various European countries, the, the attacks and the, uh, the uh, killing it during the Crusades. Uh, when the when the Europeans came into Jerusalem and conquered Jerusalem, they killed a great number of Jews as well as Arabs. And then we see it their expulsion from England, from Spain. We see the pro pogroms that they were thrown into, the inquisitions that they were subjugated to, uh, and ultimately we see the culmination of that with the uh, the final solution and the the Holocaust. Uh, as conducted by the Third Reich in Germany at the uh, during World War II. But here we see in 1948 the rebirth of national Israel. And so we're going to call this new section the, the fig tree generation. There is life brought back into the nation of Israel when the Jews are, are returned to their land and they reclaim their historic and ancestral homeland. Yep. And so without a doubt, without a doubt, this is the fig tree generation, right? And so thinking back to um, the, uh, thinking back to the cutoff generation, we know that, that 
when Ezekiel was given the prophecy of the Valley of Dry Bones. Read, read, I'm going to read here from Ezekiel 37, 11 through 14. And this is God speaking to Ezekiel. And he said to me, son of man, uh, this is in uh, starting in verse 11. Then he said, son, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry and our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord and then I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from the graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land, and, you, and then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. So we know, without a doubt, most people have no qualms about the rebirth of Israel signaling Ezekiel 37's the uh, Valley of Dry Bones coming back together. And I think that a nation that had been dead, nationally speaking, for nearly 2,000 years, coming back, reviving their... Their, their dietary restrictions, their cultural uh, traditions, their language, um, uh, which had been a, you know, Hebrew had been a, a dead language for, for a long time. Um, their religious uh, beliefs to where they are today, I mean, is, is incredible. No other nation on the planet has done that. And to, it's good. I just want to jump in real quick. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Very rightly, it's it's shown as a miracle because never, ever has that happened before. Um, but I also wanted to point out, uh, just in case anyone's getting confused here on the chart with fig tree generations showing 75 years, that's simply simply showing from 1948 when the fig tree began to bloom and Israel was rebirthed to where we're at now, which is 75 years. We're not saying that the uh, fig tree generation is only 75 years. Uh, we're saying it's been 75 years since 1948, Correct. and we are currently at 2023 AD. That's what this chart is saying, and we are in the fig tree generation. Yeah, yeah. It, the the fig tree generation will absolutely extend into the 70th week. Yep. So, what that leaves here now is it leaves. 10 years, right, to the 2,000-year mark. So I'm looking at 2,000 years, and I'm breaking it up this way, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of different ways you could break it up, but you have 1,950 years, 75 years, and then 10 years. Now, we're in 2023. It's 10 years into the future. So that equals 2,000 years. So what does that mean, though, right? What does 2,000 years mean? Well, we know according to scripture that uh, a day is as a thousand years and in a, in a thousand years is as a day. Now, what that means, and, and, and it's not that um, God has no concept of time, but when you're an, when you're an eternal, uh, infinite being that's lived for eternity past and going into eternity future, a thousand years is, is nothing. It is absolutely nothing to you. It would be like if you were a trillionaire, you know, or the or the absolute richest person in the universe, you know, a million dollars is nothing to you. A thousand dollars is nothing to you. That's like you wouldn't even bend down to pick it up. It'd be like a penny. You know, just, it'd be like a penny to you, right? 
you'd lose more money picking it up than you would if you just walked past it. You know, so that is that is the idea here that 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 God views time, especially a thousand years is really to him. It it means it's it's like a minute or a second. It just it's it's a day. It just it's irrelevant almost to him in terms of uh, uh, longevity. Right. Yep. So. I want to read some passages here um, speaking to this idea of uh, this idea of, of two days. Yeah. And after you after you read your passages, I've got some passages I'll read after you as well. Yeah. And I, and I know that that everybody uh, almost when we thought we talk about two days, everybody immediately goes to Hosea uh, six and we will in a second. But that's not the only place that this idea of two days is, is really found and discussed. Um, when we go to Luke 9, uh, 21 and 22, um, Jesus uh, talking here, and he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be, and be killed and be raised the third day. Right. So the third day obviously comes after the second day. Right. John 4, 40 through 43. So when the Samaritans had come to him and they urged him to stay with them, he stayed there two days. And many more believed of his own accord or of his own word. And then he said to the, the woman, the Samaritan woman, now we believe not because of what you said. Or they, then they said to the Samaritan woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this is indeed the, the Christ, the savior of the world. Now, after two days, he departed from there and went to Galilee. Yeah, and one, one thing that's really cool about that, guys, just in case I don't want you to miss it, this is amazing because this is typology. This is biblical typology. So what we have here is Jesus stopping and spending time with, with what would be considered Gentiles for two days. And then on the third day, he could, puts his focus back on Israel. And this is not accident. Nothing that Jesus did, not even his pit stops, were accidental. This was on purpose. This was the creator of the universe speaking by his actions. And when Jesus stopped in Samaria for two days and then on the third day came to focus on Israel again, on the Jews again, that was no mistake. And that is more two-day typology because... We are uh, in this time since the cross, you know, the church was conceived and we are in this last days period where the bride of Christ is predominantly Gentile in flavor because the majority of the church is made up out of Gentiles. So this typology that, that Jesus was walking out in Luke 9 21 through 22 is incredible because it is showing Jesus stopping and focusing for two days more primarily on a Gentile group. And then on the third day, his focus is back to, to Israel, which is amazing. Yeah. And the, and the, the point about the point about, you know, where Christ repeatedly, I mean, we could have, I could have pulled Acts 10 40 or any number of passages where, where it talks about Christ being buried uh, for two days and then rising on the third day. Um, Luke 9, Jesus was saying ahead of time, hey, don't, 
you know, I'm going to I'm going to die. I'm going to be killed. And but on the third day, I'm going to rise again. So he, essentially, uh, Jesus was telling them that I'm going to be taken from you for two days. But then on the third day, I'm going to come back to you. you so and we read about we read through this and we don't really we, we read it all the time. I've read it all the time. I never really thought about it. In, in those terms that, that he was going to be taken from his Jewish disciples for two days, but then he was going to come back on the third day, right? So this typology of two days goes beyond Hosea 6. Uh, there's, there's numerous passages all over the place that kind of tie in with this typology, even going all the way back to Abraham. So let me read this passage here from uh, Hosea, and I'm actually going to start in verse 5, chapter uh, 15. Five or chapter five, yep. verse 15. And he says, I will return again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. Come and let us return to the Lord. For he has torn, but he will heal us. He is stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we, we may live in his sight. Folks, we are coming up on the third day. We are literally 10 years away from the third day. Okay, we're, we're coming to the end of the second day. That's the whole point of what I'm trying to say here. Um, and that we are very close. And, and although we don't know the day or the hour, we absolutely believe that we are in the season of his return. So this is the really the only math on here that I have. Um, and I just listed it out here fairly simply. 2,000 years equals two days. Uh, okay, so we have 1,950 years being the cutoff generation. We are at currently 75 years for the fig tree generation. And it totals 1,990 years. So you subtract 1,990 years from 2,000 years. That leaves you with 10 years, right? You subtract seven years out for the tribulation for the Daniel 70th week, that gives us three years, right? And this is where, this is where we're getting to. One thing I wanted Between, to point out here really quick as well is, is uh, just a technicality, but if you, if you, you've got to count uh, 2023 as well. So it's kind of a four year window. You have 2023, 2024, 2025, yep. and 2026. <laughs> so it's, it's hey man, that's high school math for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so basically we have a four year window. I should have changed that. I forgot that, but that's all right. But we are, we are, we count the year we're in 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. And if, like, you know, Tyler said at the beginning, if this, if this, means what it says i mean we have strong reason to believe and there there's there's good reason to be encouraged um and, and i'm not having to go to any uh, uh constellation i'm not having to go to any mental cheetah flips to come up with this this is just basically looking at um scripture passages it's looking at what the lord has said about his return what he's told us what, what we can know about it and it just applying some common sense to it. That's it. That's all there is. Yeah, I'm so, leaving it uh, full screen here for a moment so people can 
take a screenshot if they want. And of course, we're going to try and uh, provide a link, guys, so you can download this chart as well. And we'll probably update it maybe to, to show four year window there to be more consistent with our uh, title about final yeah. four. But um, if you if if would this be a good time? I wanted to bring up some stuff, uh, some more stuff on this two day concept. Yeah, good. OK, so before we move on here, uh, I really wanted to, to touch some more on this 2000 years being two days uh, thing, because maybe this might be new to some people. But like Pete was saying, you know, for for God, a uh, thousand years is nothing. He's he is eternal. But I wanted to give you some scriptures to really give you a good un foundational understanding of this. Second um, Peter three eight says, "But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day." And that is extremely significant. What Peter is saying there, he's not just saying uh, time doesn't mean much to God. He's being a lot more specific than that. He says, "Don't overlook this fact." One day is as a thousand years to God. So let's think about this because you go to, let's read in Exodus 20 verse 11. And this, this is what God laid out in typology from the very beginning. Remember in Isaiah 46, it says he declares the end from the beginning. So what did he declare in the beginning? Well, let's read Exodus 20, 11. It says, for in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So God showed us from the beginning a seven day uh, structure that he had laid out for mankind. There was six days of work and a seventh day of rest. And remember with the Lord, a thousand years is as a day. So what we're saying is God had from the beginning a 7,000 year timeline planned for mankind. And there would be 6,000 years of work and 1,000 years of rest, which is the thousand year reign of Christ that is prophesied in the Bible. So then I, we can read Exodus 20, nine through 10. And this is just kind of showing how God has laid this out for mankind. It says six days, shall you labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a sabbath to the lord your god so again showing that there's six thousand years for work of work for you mankind but the seven thousandth year that final seventh that final thousand years is going to be a day of rest a time of rest because jesus is going to be here on earth ruling and reigning then um in i want to read hebrews 1 1 through 2 because this is really cool. Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand quite the significance of this verse, Hebrews 1, uh, starting in verse 1. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So some people tried to take this uh, scripture and say, ah, well, you know, you can't think that Jesus is coming soon because they were saying it was the last days even back then. Ha ha ha. That means you're not really in the last days and you have no clue. It might be another 2000 years. Ha 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 ha. That's what the scoffer likes to do. But this is actually a very accurate statement because what does it mean? Since Jesus 
who came at the fourth day, the 4,000 year mark. That's when Jesus came. By the way, that's if you look in the days of creation, it was on the fourth day that God created the sun. It was on the 4,000 year mark around the, at the 4,000 year mark that the light of the world, Jesus came into the world, the son of God, perfectly fitting in the typology. But since Jesus, it is the last days because there are two days after four days, there's two more days of work. So after Jesus, there's the last days. Two, there's two days after the cross till that final day of rest when Jesus comes at the second coming and starts his millennial kingdom. So that's very accurate what it says there in Hebrews 1 about it being the last days ever since that time. And then uh, my last one I wanted to share was uh, just Hebrews 4 later in that, chat, uh, that book, um, 7 through 10. It says, again, he appoints a certain day today saying through david so long afterward in the words already quoted today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts for if joshua had given them rest god would not have spoken of another day later on so then these there remains a sabbath rest for the people of god for whoever has entered god's rest has also rested from his works as god did from his so what this is saying is there is a promised day of rest coming for the for the people of god and um, this, we are right at the end, guys, of these final two days. We are very near the end of these last two days. And that's what we're showing here with this awesome chart. And this final day has got to begin soon. So I just wanted to go over those verses real quick before we moved on. So I'll turn it back to you, Pete. Yeah, just, just another point to the days of creation. And, you know, you and I talked about this before, but you know, God could have created the entire universe in, in, a, in just a moment of time, in a second. He didn't need seven days, you know, six days to create the world and in the universe, and he didn't need a day to rest. All of that was done for our benefit, for our purpose. He was setting a pattern and in, in a, in a typology in place for how all of time would be laid out. And certainly we can see, and, you know, I'm not going to get into the exact year that um, Adam was created or that Abraham right. was born, but we know it was roughly 2000 years from Adam to Abraham. And then it was another 2000 years from Adam or from Abraham to Christ. And now we're coming up again on this 2000th year since his death, burial and resurrection. So, you know, <laughs> Uh, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to see all this play out and, and even more so that we start to see Bible prophecy coming to life in the news with the world racing toward, uh, you know, world government. They're going to go by way of um, removing sovereignty from nations and then going into some form of regionalism. And then that regionalism will be converted into globalism and and. We're seeing that through religion. We're seeing that through the economic system, through the financial system. We're seeing the world destabilize in a way that that it's never been before, even greater than than World War Two. So this is all coming. This is all coming for the next 10 years. And, and certainly Satan knows something's up because he's got his all of his human minions, all of his human puppets 
racing toward the year 2030 to get all this stuff done. So, you know, we, we argue about what year Christ was born. We argue about what year Christ was crucified, but Satan was there. Satan knows, and he seems very fixated on the year 2030. So, uh, military planning, you know, we do a lot of backwards planning. I just, you know, the idea of this, I just started from the latest crucifixion date, which would be 33 AD. And I worked backwards, right? I worked backwards from 2000 years from there. So 2033 working backwards, 10 years is today. So we go back to the next point in time, prophetically significant point in time, 1948. And then I go back to the cross. And then we start looking at how that's broken down. And when we talk about the generations, um, I, I think without a doubt, we are the fig tree generation. So I hope this has blessed people. Um, it's it's not all complicated. And, and you know, I didn't want it to be that way. Um, <clears throat> I think that that this idea that we shouldn't be looking for the return of Christ or that we we can't even talk about it is is coming from a very bad place it's coming from a place of that i could be even demonic to to try and silence christians from talking about what's going to be the most exciting moment in in human history and the fact that that christians that every pulpit in america is not pounding the pastor's not pounding and saying the lord's coming back soon it's tragic it's a tragedy <laughs> Of, of epic proportions. You don't know how many Christians are out there that, that have absolutely no idea when we are in time or where we are in time. I have great Christian friends that I talk to and I said, you know, I just out of curiosity, you know, when do you think the Lord's going to return? And, you know, just in conversation. And they're, all, they're like, well, you know, 50 years, 100 years, 200 years. They weren't really sure, but it was way off. They're way off in the future. You know, they, they had no, no, the idea when I said, well, what about in 10 years? And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, that is the majority of Christians these days. They, they absolutely do not believe Christ is going to return soon. We are, we are in the minority. Um, when you read the Barna studies and the, the Pew, Pew polls and the, um, the Gallup polls, and they're asking about, you know, when they're asking clergy, American Christian clergy about, you know, uh, where do you stand on just basic Bible orthodox positions? And you've got like 36% of them are, are the, it's, it's really down to about 36% that still hold to orthodox Christianity. And that's the preachers and the pastors. Folks, we are, we are in a, we, <laughs> we are definitely in La Laodicean period right now, but we are definitely in a remnant uh, of believers that are still watching and waiting for the Lord to return. So, before we go into uh, the, the, I guess, the second part of this, let me read this. I just want to read this passage to everybody here because I want folks to know that that if you're out there and you're excited about the Lord's return, there is there is a special blessing for you. From Luke 12, 35 through 40, let your, this Christ speaking here, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. 
Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and he would have not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Folks, we <laughs> we are there. We are we are at the end. Amen. Um, and and I would say this last thing that that for 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 everybody out there watching, keep watching, keep keep looking up. You know, the, when I hear this excuse from from pastors and pulpits, and they say, you know, you know, you need to you need to stop looking up and start looking around. Man, I'm I'm an adult. I can do both. I can help my fellow man. I could be a good steward. I can go out and evangelize, and I can also keep one eye on the sky. And look in with with anticipation, waiting for the Lord to return. I can walk and chew, I can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. I can do both things. You know, we don't have to abandon one thing to do the other. You know, we can watch for the Lord to return and be excited about it, but also be out sharing the gospel. And, and ultimately, um, we know that that whatever day the Lord comes on, and, and if that's this year or the next year, or the year after. None of us here tonight or anybody watching hereafter, none of us are guaranteed our next breath. We could all die, you know, the next day. And, and at that point, all that matters is, is what is our relationship to Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, you need to get right with the Lord tonight, right now, or whenever you listen to this, because you don't know your last, you don't know your last day. Um, so, all right, Tyler, I'll hand it back to you. Dude. Amen. Absolutely guys. Amen. Listen, you need to place your faith in Jesus. He he's the only strong tower. He's the only way, the truth and the life. He's the only safety. You don't know if you have another second and what's very true. And this is just undeniable. Now the tribulation period is racing this way it is like a hurricane literally on the horizon and uh anyone let's say you have a beach uh, front house if you were to step out on your front porch and see the worst hurricane in human history right off your coast right out there over the water it would be very unwise to just sit there and not do anything about it and let me tell you right now Way worse than a hurricane is the tribulation period. The Bible says it's the worst time that will ever exist in human history. It is around the corner any day now. It is racing this way. And you do not want to be here for that. Jesus Christ is the only way of escape from that. I want to read you Revelation 3, 10 through 11. It says, because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. So listen, guys, Jesus is the only way to be kept from this hour that is coming on the whole world. If you're on the face of the earth, you're going to be in it. You're going to be mm -hmm. dealing with it. There is no place of peace. 
during this time that's coming. Unless you are in Christ and you're taken off of this world. But I, again, I want to stress, just like Pete was saying, you don't know if you're going to even live another five minutes. And at some point or another, you will be standing before the judge of eternity. And the only way to be found innocent is have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and been co covered by his blood? So I completely agree. Let's get let's get back to the chart. I, I, it doesn't show it here. I think you're going to have to share it with me again. Oh. I think it like faded away or something because I didn't have it. Oh, I didn't. Let's let's talk. Let's get into this now, guys. We're going to get into more kind of narrowing down, talking about this this final four, which is the title of the of this video. And um, let me share this chart here with you again. Here we go. And Pete, could you make it a little bit bigger for that one slide? Yeah. So so they can see it better. Hold on one second. It's just blank right now. You got to build it back out. I think oh, there we go. It's getting there. So yeah, let's get into this second part. And and again, guys, it says a three year window. It's really a four year window because you got to count the year 2023. Um, so let's, let's get into this part, Pete. Okay. So, um, the way I figured and the way I've always understood that um, there would from there's no there's no connective tissue from a scriptural standpoint that ties the rapture with the official start of the 70th week. Just let me say that again. There's no theological tissue connecting the rapture with the official start of the 70th week of Daniel that covenant that's confirmed or strengthened there in Daniel 9.27. Now, I, I also believe that even though there's nothing that connects those two events together theologically or, or biblically, biblically, that the rapture absolutely sets the conditions for the 70th week. It sets in motion like a domino being knocked over. It sets in motion a chain of events that will by necessity bring about a beast kingdom so where we are today in 2023 we see a world that is quickly being given over to this kind of corporate imperialism i don't know what else to call it but it, it is this idea that that nations need to think globally right and at the forefront of all of this is all of these corporations like blackrock and uh all these major investment firms and the world economic forum and all of these groups that are tech companies that are trying to figure out a way to bring everybody together in order to create this great reset. And all of this great reset is, is going to be some kind of global fascism. It's going to be some top down, you'll own nothing and uh, be happy kind of mentality. And that's coming. And we see that today. You can turn on the news. You can you can go watch the World Economic Forum videos, and they're all saying this. And and what's sad is that we've got political leadership from America, from Canada, from Europe, from all over that are that are bought into this. They think this is the right way to go to go forward in order to save the planet, right? Right. So we are watching this happen between and i and i fully expect that to continue to be the norm um 
between now and 2026. Now, between 23 and 26, you've got the U.S. elections, which, depending on how that goes, that could be highly volatile. Yep. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, the point is, is that when the rapture occurs, it's going to pull a certain percentage of people out of the world. And even if that percentage is somewhere in the neighborhood of 10% of Americans, that's 30 million Americans that are going to be immediately removed from the econ American economic system, which the world at present is tied in with, right? The world right now, if, if Greece collapsed, when Greece collapsed 10 years ago, uh, if, if you were a company that had heavy uh, financial investments in Greece or you're the European Union, had, which had loaned Greece a ton of money to try and bail them out. So when they basically went bankrupt, they, they didn't disappear off the map. I mean, obviously, they're still there and they're still a country. Um, but those people that had invested heavily in them, it had lost a lot of money. Now, multiply that by a thousand and you have the United States. I mean, the United States has got its economic and military and political and diplomatic fingers into everything. And so when the U.S. goes down, it will tr it will trigger a collapse, a global collapse. And, and there may be a collapse prior to that. Right. Um, and that's why they're racing right now to get the central bank digital currency online because they know the current system that we're in, this legacy system is falling apart and it's not sustainable any longer. So all that to say that at some point, I think prior to 2026, we're going to see the, a major global change. Now could, uh, I mean, I don't not, I don't have a crystal ball. You know, all I have is scripture and scripture gives us an outline, but but we're watching the out, that outline get filled in by Very the day. So, yeah. Could I jump in here on this chart part? Yeah. So a couple of things I wanted to mention here, guys, just to be clear. All the way here to both at the top chart where it's showing the full 2000 years or two days and also at this bottom chart, which is this, just zooming in to this 10 year window ahead of us from now till uh, what would be considered the latest date. Let me, let me make this um, large on screen. The, the, it's getting hidden behind my logo there, but that last date on the chart should be 2033. You can see it on the bottom chart, but uh, this bottom chart is zooming into this 10 year window from now till 2033. That's the fig tree generation all the way to the end. The Bible is very clear, and Jesus says in Matthew 24, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be complete. And he is talking about the tribulation in that verse. So don't when you see this chart, don't think we're saying the fig tree only goes to 2023. It goes all the way to the end. We're just showing that it's been 75 years of the fig tree to this point yeah. of 2023. And what's what's amazing is... If you look at 33 being the latest date, I mean, this is the latest date that people who are real scholars on this topic say, okay, this is when the crucifixion was. It's either 33 or earlier. And it, so I'll, actually, I was talking to Gary from unsealed.org, and he's done some amazing research on this. He was saying that in the scholarly world of, of those who really study in, in this topic, it's kind of basically three to one now 
uh, and that's against all the other positions combined, that 20, uh, sorry, that 30 AD was actually the crucifixion date. Uh, so I'm, we're not going to try and prove either way on this video, whether it was 30, uh, 31, 32, or 33. But what we're showing you here is 33 is like the latest. So if you yeah. take that as a conservative number and go 2,000 years from there, you get to 2033. So here we are now in 2023. And if you back seven years off of the most conservative number of 2033, that takes you to 2026. So we have four years, essentially, that are like, this is a massively high watch window. This is what I would consider as like, man, let's look at the Bible. Let's look at what it says. Let's look at what's going on in the world. This looks like the season for the rapture. I'm not claiming that it has to be, and I'm not saying that it will. It may not be. But based on my human reasoning, based on looking at scripture, we're looking at 2023. So let's say if the the crucifixion was in uh, 30 AD, not 33, but if it was in 30, well, that would move the, the window to where the rapture would kind of need to happen this year. So it can move, this window can move a little bit depending on when the crucifixion was. But we're looking at 2023, 2022, sorry, 2024, 2025, or 2026. And this is kind of what I'm talking about, this final four window. And what we're, we're asking a question here. We're not making a proclamation. We're asking a question. Could this be the final four? Is, this, is it possible the rapture happens somewhere in this four window, four year window? And I got to tell you guys, from my perspective, I think it's extremely exciting, extremely exciting, because based on what's happening in the world, and prophetic convergence, it's tying right in with this timeline. It's fitting together like a perfectly uh, fitting jigsaw puzzle. I mean, it's just incredible to watch. So this fig tree generation ends at the second coming. Now, when is the second coming? Is it 2033 or is it as early as 2030? Well, we'll have to wait and see, but it is interesting that the kings of this world who are essentially run by Satan seem to be very focused on 2030. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but they very much are. So these are just incredible days to be living in. And, uh, you know, I'll hand it back to you now, Pete, but this is, this stuff blows my mind to see all this happening. Yeah. The, somebody keeps referencing the CJ Lovett video. I watched it and he seems convinced 2030 is the is the year of the, uh, the crucifixion or uh, the year 30 AD yep. um, just just so there's clarification from people's uh, people that are there that are wondering why I think that is it's because of the reign of Tiberius being why you think, uh, what is uh, why you think 33 yeah yeah so somebody had asked why you know why do I think that year yeah got um, when you go to um, let me pull it up here. It's in like the 14th year of the reign of Tiberius or hold on. I think it's maybe 15th year, but I can't. The 15th year. 
which would have been in 14 AD. That's what it is. And if you add 15 years to uh, 14, the year 14 AD, you get to 29 AD would be the start of John the Baptist. And then six months later, Jesus ministry. So irrelevant. That's, that's beside the point. That's why I believe it is. But, but I know there's great scholars on every side of this issue that have debated this for hundreds of years. Right. Yeah. Our point guys is we're looking at a window. We're saying, Hey, yeah, it could be 20. It could have been 30. It could have been 31. It could have been 32. It could have been 33. And so that's why we're looking at a four year window here because is one of those four years. So you got to go 2000 years forward in time from one of those four years. So that's why we yeah. have a four-year window here that we're looking at. This is incredible. The uh, the the other thing I was going to bring up was that uh, somebody had asked about: Is there anything to slow this down? And you know, I, I, honestly, uh, I think that if uh, if if Christ allowed America to collapse right now, like economically, like tomorrow or six months from now. And we had to endure some really, really terrible, trying times. I believe that 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 a great many Americans would would repent and return to the Lord, um, because every time there seems to be very difficult and trying times, people basically come back to their faith. But what we see in um, Luke seventeen and other passages, Laodicea and whatnot, there seems to be this normalcy bias that things are there the days of Noah the days a lot they're just going along marrying and giving in marriage buying and selling and they are not waking up they are you know when when things when times are good people don't think about God it's when difficult times come that people turn to God yep and I think that that what we see according to scripture is that people are just going to be going about their daily life and in this that's the idea where Christ is going to come like a thief in the night He's going to catch them unaware, unawares of his coming. Now, if we were in deep uh, persecution and and economic trials and tribulations, um, you know, I think a a great many more people would be watching. But I think things are going to continue on. And it feels like, like this other shoe is going to drop, but then it doesn't. You know, like last year we were talking about um, all of the supply chain issues with China. And the boats being stuck off, you know, off the coast of their ports and not being able to ship things. And everybody was predicting, oh, it's going to be, you know, we're going to be in starvation at the end of 2022. And we're going to run out of diesel fuel and we're going to this and that. Uh, I've never been one to 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 go, you know, blowing that horn. But I do I do think that the potential is there for some hard times. But like, you know, is gas prices going to continue to creep up? Probably. The price of eggs is going to continue to creep up. Yep. I mean, they're doing, they're ratcheting it up these things on purpose. And I, although I don't think uh, um, Donald Trump is going to make a return to the Oval Office, I think that just because he's running, it's going to create such political validity, uh, volatility within not just the Washington, D.C., but within the American population, people turning. We could see some kind of strife, you know, between states and between people within states. So it's certainly going to be tumultuous times, but I think life is going to continue to to plug along until Christ uh, comes at the rapture. And that's where he's going to catch uh, the many of the Christians like the Church of Sardis. You know, they're just going to they're just going to be sleeping. 
and he's well, going to come at a time exactly, that they think about. That's exactly that's what it. scripture shows us, guys. I mean, yeah, it, shows, it says, you know, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter days, it will there will come perilous times, and people will be wicked, lovers of self and lovers lovers of pleasure. And then, you know, I also think of, um, you know, it's going to be wicked. It's going to be rampantly wicked because look at Noah and Lot. That's what Jesus says. It's going to be like those days. Well, their, their normal was like wicked. Sodom, a normal day in Sodom was a, that's a wicked place. So it is normal right now. If you're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah normal. Yeah, that's, that's what it's like now. But, it, but here's the thing. Lot is in that analogy, too. In fact, he's a huge part of that story. Lot was at the city gates. He wasn't in a bunker. Lot was at the city gates, which is the place of business. He was conducting business in this wicked world until the moment he was taken out. And it was after he was taken out that judgment came. And, and so this shows you that, like you've said before, there's a way that it was before and then there was a way that it was after and it was completely different between the two so there's a way sodom was before lot was taken out and then there's a way sodom was after lot was taken out and they were drastically different and i think absolutely people are going to be the world is going to be caught off guard and we are going to be in this relative normalcy until Jesus snatches the church out of here and removes us to the Father's house, and then this judgment comes. Because you look at Second Peter chapter 3, and what is it the scoffers are saying? They're saying, where is the promise of his coming? Because all things continue as they have since the time of our fathers. So clearly, it's going to be a time where they're saying, what are you talking about? There's not a rapture about to occur. Mm -hmm. Like things are the way they've always been. That's what scripture shows us very clearly. And so if you look at this time that we're in, look at what's speeding our way, famine, world war, new world order, which you need to understand a new world order necessitates an absolute worldwide collapse in order yeah. for there to be a new world order. All these things are on the doorstep. And so how long, how much normal do we have left? That's another concept you and I have talked about a lot. Not much. How many years do we have left in this two-day understanding of this chart? You know, when, when the second coming needs to occur, according to our understanding of bi biblical prophecy, looks like we've got basically a four-year window. And... Uh, Again, we're not making this claim, but we're we got to consider this, and I think it's encouraging to do so. Yeah, something else to consider that's not that's not necessarily, you know, I would say is biblical, uh, but it, but it's interesting um, when you go to that Psalm ninety ten passage, and it talks about the seventy years and eighty years if if he has strength. Um, you know, we look we look at nineteen forty eight. We can't look, I mean, we can't look at it as an island unto itself. We have to realize what just transpired in order for that to come about, which was World War II. World War II saw the saw a new world order 
You had the world that was before World War II, which was largely still Europeanly European dominated, dominated by the, the British, dominated by the French and the Germans, um, it, just in terms of global influence. Um, and then you have the way the world was immediately after World War II, where the United States is the last man standing, so to speak. You know, we, we were largely unscathed other than Pearl Harbor. You know, and I'm not not the soldiers that died in the war, but in terms of our homeland and our economic strength, um, you know, we were calling the shots right after World War II, and we did for the next you know roughly 70 years. So we're now we're at 78 years. If I'm doing my math right, um, 78 years since the end of World War II, and so we're coming up on that 80th year. And most nations, most empires don't really last for very long. They, they generally run about 70 years yeah. at the peak of their strength. Now, we've been a nation now for, what, almost 400 years, but we, we haven't been a global superpower, but only for the last 78 years. So we're coming to the end of ours within two years, I would see. So that would put us in, what, 2025 or somewhere in there? Or right. somewhere before 2025. Yeah. So th yeah. there's... Go ahead. I, think, I, think, I was just going to say, sorry, we keep, there's a little delay, so it's hard for us to time oh. right. But I was just going to say, I, I think very clearly that uh, at least very near the beginning, I think really at the beginning of the tribulation period, personally, America is basically done for. And so I think that uh, even according to the Bible, if you look at the absolute absence of America as a superpower, uh, you know, our, it's the it's the writing is on the wall. Yeah, and I, and I think that there's a, um, I think there's just a there's so many converging things happening here in this window of time that 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 bear, uh, you know, watching. And I would even include this last year, you know, with the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, with the yeah. just all of the things that have happened, the triggering of the russia ukraine war and 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 all that and what, all the second and third order effects that come from that food shortages energy shortages and um the potential financial crisis that's going to come out of that um with gold and oil and all that coming into play so i i don't know i i think we're we're watching a highly volatile time and i think between now and we're you know we're privileged to be here to see all of these things that the prophets have, and angels have longed to look into these these things Amen. that are coming to pass in our day, and and it it kind of sucks living through it. You know what I was mentioning about the tyranny of the present. That article I wrote uh, a week or so ago. You know, in 1993, if you were thinking that this was the last days, and you were thinking, okay, it's 1993, we have seven years to the year 2000. Christ was born somewhere around the year 2000. People were trying to justify that. Um, you know, in terms of being a high watch year with 1993. But in 1993, you you and I weren't complaining about being a Christian in America. Um, we weren't we weren't being censored. We weren't being shut down. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was a much different time to be a believer. Um, and, and if you were to think in 1993, you know, well, the, if this is the end, it doesn't seem that bad, you know, like, mm -hmm. but now everybody's just like groaning under the, the weight of this wicked and oppressive leadership that we've had, you know, roughly for, I don't know, the last 20 years. 
and let me, and we're let me just bring up a point here. This I, this just hit me. I think it's a. I don't know. I feel like the Lord wants me to share this now. Um, let me go back to my notes here and pull it up. But uh, you know, looking at this this understanding of of two days and you know Jesus being gone for two days and on the third day coming back, you, he gave us this typo. I mean, he was again, away from his disciples for two days. And on the third day, he rose. We, he laid out a lot of typology for the, us in the scripture about this. But one thing I was really thinking about just now is, you know, if you look at the cross, again, the conserv- most conservative estimate, the latest date, 33 AD. And then 2,000 years from there would be 2033 AD. Basically, According to scripture and the, the typology we see, he should be back like the first second that that seventh day starts. Not like, well, in, in other words, we, we shouldn't be going well into the seventh day or that third day uh, before Jesus comes. Because I think about scriptures like Mark 16, 2 through 4, you know, Jesus had been crucified. He was gone for two days. And then on in Mark 16, 2 through 4, it says, Very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And then later in verse 9, it, it says, um, Now when he rose early, the first day of the week, speaking of Jesus, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. So I was just thinking about how, I mean, they went, the the disciples went early, like at the crack of dawn to go roll away this stone or to, you know, to just go to the tomb. And the stone was already rolled away. He had already risen. Like the, the moment of that, when that third day came, Jesus was already there. He was already on the scene. And so when we're looking at this typology and this two days, this 2,000 years that is going to transpire from the cross to his second coming, he's got a, he shows up that first moment on that third day. And yeah. that's the second coming, guys. And that happens at the end of the tribulation period. And you've got to back off seven years from the tribulation period and somewhere from that point, seven years before the tribulation period, is the rapture. And some will say there's a large gap. Some will say there's a small gap between the rapture and the tribulation. Uh, I happen to be one of those people that I kind of lean more towards a small gap, even a tiny, tiny gap. And Pete, uh, is, I think you kind of lean towards somewhat of a gap, maybe a substantial gap. Um, but regardless, somewhere it looks like in this four year window of 2023, 2024, 2025, or 2026 is logical. I'm not saying it has to, I'm not proclaiming that it will. I'm saying this is logical. We're looking at scripture. We're making logical inference. And this is, this is just amazing. Jesus second coming should be the first second 
of that beginning of the third day. So if it's been two days from the cross to 2033, at the conservative estimate, Jesus should be, the second coming should be right there. And so you work backwards, just like you did with this chart. And that's why we should be very excited about the, yeah. the days that we're living in. Yeah. So the, the two, a couple of things just came to mind. One is that we know that um, after Jerusalem was sacked in 70 AD, there was a window of time where the Sanhedrin that, that was still remaining or that regathered after that and were still kind of in the area, they had a very small window of time to where they could reconstruct certain things historically so that Jesus could not in their, you know, in their revisioning of history, couldn't be the Messiah. I mean, this isn't unique to me. This, this is stuff that I've read for a long time from many different people. And the idea when you, when you look at things like, um, the, uh, Septuagint, um, not the Septuagint, the, uh, is it the Septuagint? Yeah. The, the, uh, the Septuagint version of the old Testament. Am I thinking that correctly? Anyways, there's there's timing differences that are there that that are different from our translation that the um, that we have with regard to genealogies because the they, the Sanhedrin wanted it wanted Melchizedek not to be a pre-incarnate Christ they wanted him to be uh, Shem right and they yeah. wanted to it was little things like that where they were able to manipulate some of the scripture but in in the process of doing this. They changed the times. So when you go to a Hebrew calendar in, um, I think the Hebrew calendar has this in the year, uh, I think Anno Mundi, like 5,700 or something. So for, for the end of the age would still be like three centuries away. There was a manipulation, intentional manipulation done by Jewish scholars way back uh, to, to discredit Christ, to make it so that he couldn't come. Because the way that the scripture lays out, the Messiah would have had to come between the time the, the, sept, the scepter had departed from between the feet of Judah, according to uh, Genesis 49.10, and when the temple was destroyed. That was the, that small window of time of, you know, from like 6 AD to like 70 AD, the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah had to have come between those two dates. So when they re, re messed with the calendar or whatever, um, they did it so that that we're basically three centuries behind, according to the, the Jewish calendar that they use today. We're in the year fifty seven hundred or something. Fifty seven. Hey, my point with all, keep my point with, and I want to jump in because I, I noticed something on the chat. So after your point, I'm going to say something. My point with that is that. Um, the 69th week, we know for a fact, concluded with the death of Christ right. on the cross, or concluded uh, his death came right after the end of the 69th week. What we have left is one seven-year period, and these are the 30-day the, uh, months, 1,260-day uh, halves, and then the 42-month, uh, or however you want to configure it, time, times, and half a time, right. to, to equal period. these two two, three and a half year periods that have to come. 
Now that's that's what's going to re remain within that seventy years or seven years. So I, I, I don't I don't get too wrapped around the axle because right now the entire world operates under the Gregorian calendar. So uh, I think I think the timing on this, regardless of what the Hebrew calendar says, um, is what what we're going to go with because that's that's the way the world is racing towards and in, in using to to bit, put their own benchmarks in. So, go ahead. Yeah, I completely agree. I just wanted to say, uh, maybe we didn't make it clear enough because I'm seeing some people in the chat. Uh, we are not saying, guys, that the rapture can't happen for four more years. W what we're talking about is the starting of the tribulation period, not the rapture. The starting of the tribulation period at the latest, it looks like, according to this understanding, again, we're not making a proclamation, would be 2026. But the whole point of this video is to show you that the timing of the, of the rapture is absolutely before the tribulation. And that could be any time between now or all the way to 2026. In fact, and I made this point earlier in the video, but I'll make it again. If the crucifixion was 30 AD and not 33, that that basically takes you down to this year where the yeah. rapture would happen and, and the tribulation would begin. So again, I want to make it very clear. This chart is not showing that we've got four more years left. It's saying uh, there's essentially... From 2023 to the latest, most conservative date for the uh, second coming is 10 years from this year. You back off seven for a tribulation period, and then that gives you a four-year window where somewhere in that time you would suspect or hope that the rapture would occur. And I believe that, and so does Pete. It could happen any moment. We are not saying there's four more years. The rapture could happen today. We don't know the day. We don't put yeah. our trust in a date. We don't put our hope in a date. We put our hope in Jesus Christ because he will keep his word. And by the way, Jesus said, what, what, what did he lay out for us? He laid out a typology of two days being gone and on the third day like the crack of dawn the first second of the third day he's back well he if he was crucified in 33 AD then he should be back by 2033 and that's the conservative number so you back off seven years for a tribulation period and then it's sometime before that that the rapture occurs and that's what we're trying to get at here we are not telling you guys that we've got four more years. I want to make that loud and clear. Yeah. And, and let me just add, too, that if if let's just say there, there are people calling for the year 2023 to be the rapture year. Right. Staking their credibility on it. They're staking. And I know several that have have claimed earlier years and staked their credibility on it. And and those years have come and gone. You know what? And, and I learned a lesson very long ago from a, a guy named Don Koenig, who most of you might know. Huh? Hello? 
You you froze up there. I didn't hear you for a second. Oh. Can you you hear said, yeah, you said come and gone, and then that, that was the last thing I heard. Yeah, th those di you know people have based their credibility on years that have come and gone, uh, and they keep making predictions each new year. That's okay. I mean, one of these years they'll get it right. But I learned a lesson early on from a guy named Don Koenig uh, back in two thousand and I read the article in two thousand and nine. He wrote it in two thousand and seven, but he had all the the rapture theories out there on a table in an article. And it was like probably like 15 or 20 different theories. He took all the numbers, like the early earliest dates and then the latest dates. And then he did like a, a median in, in the, the middle number between them. And he came up with an idea that, that the rapture, the, that the second coming would be in the early 3030s and that the rapture would be in the mid 2020s somewhere mid to late 2020s. And I read this in 2009. You talk about uh, deflating my enthusiasm and discouraging me, but but he was right, you know. And in in back then, I I had to I had to look at his reasoning and I had to think, man, you know, what he's saying right now was not popular. It'd be like me saying right now that the rapture is not going to happen until 2050. You know, I mean that <laughs> that dog don't hunt with a lot of folks, right? Right. I mean, we're talking about four years and people are, are, are you know, upset that we're going to be here four more years. I'm not we're just saying we're just saying that there's a window, a high watch window for between now and four years that that everything seems to align. I don't have to go through any crazy astronomical, um, you know, constellations. I don't have to do any complicated math. I don't have to find obscure passages and try and tie them all together and do all this stuff. We're looking at very clear and obvious dates, and we're also looking at very clear and obvious typology in Scripture that's repeated over and over and over for our benefit. Mm -hmm. We're saying, hey, this lines up. This makes sense. You know, we're not saying it has to happen in 2023 or 2026, but it seems very likely based on all the evidence that we have in front of us. It seems yep. likely. And yep. and I hope that's encouraging to people. Um I, I know when I in 2009 when I when I was reading his thing and he was saying 2025 2026 that seemed like a lifetime away that seemed like forever away and but it but in the end it tempered me it helped me to 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 focus on the the things that God had me to do between then and now so you know um, I wasn't chasing after every little thing I kind of figured that the 2020s would be the years and now we're here you know we've arrived and so. I'm not going to I'm not like a lot of folks who will when they get to the time, they want to just keep pushing it out there because they don't want to be labeled whatever. I don't care what anybody thinks about me in terms of I'm excited for the Lord to return. I want him to return. I'm looking at the evidence. The evidence points to this time. Their opinion of me matters zilch. So uh, I love him as a brother or sister in Christ, but I'm, I'm going to keep plugging away at what I know. So. Amen, bro. I completely agree. I wanted to say hi to Brother Lee Brainerd. He's in the chat. And uh, I just heard him the other day uh, saying that, you know, this four-year window period, you know, 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026, that he was really excited about this period of time as well, just based on his studies. And, uh, you know, he's been thinking this way for quite a while, he said. And yeah. 
and he, he it's funny enough, he did a video uh, with the exact same title as a video I did um, seven months ago. He just did one recently, and it's called the the Rapture Window. And the Lord has been putting this concept on many of our hearts. You know, this window is, you know, like you said, back in 1993, maybe some people were thinking, oh, it's been about yeah, 2000 years since the birth of Christ. You know, oh, seven years from now is the year 2000. Well, we're now, I think, understanding prophecy in biblical scriptures in a way we never could have imagined before. Just like I said in Daniel, you know, things were things were sealed and they would be unsealed in the time of the end. I think these things are are rapidly being unsealed now and we understand things and comprehend things we never could have before. And um, now, instead of, you know, looking at the birth of Christ or, or when Israel became a nation or something, I mean, we're looking at when Jesus was crucified, most conservative date that people, scholars who really study this thing, look at is 33, if not earlier. In fact, apparently most scholars lean towards 2030 now, according to some people. So that is amazing because there's really, as far as I can think, in my, you know, uh, very fleshy, <laughs> temporal, weak mind, I can't see any other way you push this back any farther. Like in 1993, you could have been thinking about the birth of Christ. Well, we're, now we're talking about the death of Christ in 33 AD at the conservative estimate and 2000 years after that. And look how everything is lining up exactly like the scriptures said it would right now. I just that's yeah. way, way, way beyond coincidence. Yeah. And, and, and let's just say that, let's say that, um, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but let's say that that 2023 comes and goes and we're still here. Right. That that doesn't mean that um, that doesn't mean necessarily that 33 is the year or 2033 is the year or, you know, it could be 2032. That's why we called it a window. Yep. We, there's four four years that this is, could be played out. And I guarantee you, if it happens on you know whatever day in 2025 and it catches us all by surprise because we were thinking 2023 or we were thinking 2026 or whatever, it's going to catch us all by surprise. But again, I go back to that passage in Luke 12 that the Lord delights in those who are watching and waiting for his return. Blessed are those who are watching when he returns. Folks, do not quit watching. Now is the time to to really dig in dig into the word be bold in sharing the gospel with everybody that you come across um you know uh, live out your faith be be uh, loving towards one another especially within the the brotherhood and sisterhood of christ i mean there are so many things we can argue about i mean we could argue about the crucifixion year the birth year you know i mean there's literally countless things so that we could tear each other apart about but christ said that that we are to love one another and that the world would know who we are because of our love for one another mm -hmm. and and i just 
I wanted, you know, Tyler and I both wanted this to be an encouragement that, look, we don't know what year, but this is, we are coming down to the wire right now. We are coming down to the wire. And now is the time not, you know, now is not the time to be found not watching, you know, like not looking for the Lord, being unplugged from, from the word and just living in the world. Now is the time to focus your gaze upon Christ. Uh, keep looking up. Uh, using that that enthusiasm and that that excitement to be bold in your faith so yeah in isn't that exactly what jesus said in luke 17 you know he said don't be caught up in carousing and carelessness and you know lest this day catch you and off guard and and he talks about an escape but i wanted to read this um is that Luke 17 or was that Luke 21 that I'm thinking of? Just to be clear. That's Luke 21, I think. Okay, was it 21? I was just thinking, oh, maybe I was saying, let me, okay, I'll just go ahead and read it uh, because I don't want to be quoting the wrong scripture here for you guys. Sometimes I get the chapter wrong when I'm thinking about what, what it is I'm talking about here. Um, yeah, 21, verse 34, he says, But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. And, and so, you know, we're, we're called to watch so that this we're not like the world and caught off guard um, by this day, this tribulation period uh, that's coming. But I wanted to read um, in First um, Thessalonians in uh, chapter five. It says, "Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. It's going to be a surprise." But then look what it says later um, as we continue. It says, while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. And then verse four, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. So listen, guys, now he's talking to the believer in Christ, the brethren, the bride of Christ, you and I. It says, you are not in darkness, that that day should surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Okay, so that's us. We're not supposed to be caught completely off guard. We're supposed to see this day coming. And then what does it say next? It says, but since, so it says, um, verse six, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. And then verse uh, eight, it says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a, a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's my message here, and that's Pete's message tonight, is look, we can see the day coming. Jesus said we would. We see the tribulation period coming. We know we leave first. They will be surprised. They will not escape. 
But we are children of the light. Who is the light? Jesus Christ. We are children of the light. We will not be caught off guard by that day. We will see it coming. And what are we um, encouraged to do? Watch and be sober. So that means take this seriously and don't stop looking. It's time to start looking up. It's time to be excited about these things and to encourage one another with these words. Yeah. And, and you know, be just be just as excited this year as next year if we're still here. If, if you get your hopes fully focused on the year 2023 and the year comes and goes, that's where people get their hopes dashed and they get they get spiritually deflated and they they even become bitter towards watching and waiting for the Lord. And that's where you miss out on this great blessing of being found watching. Um, that's, that's why we're just calling it a window. This is a high watch window. Um, I don't want folks to get super, uh, fixated on this year because I, I want it to be this year. I want it to be tonight. You know, I would be okay with the rapture tonight. There's, I don't have a problem that the rapture can't fix. Right. But I have, I also have to be uh, pragmatic about it too. You know, I am looking up, I'm waiting every day. I'm waiting for the Lord to come and call us home. But at the same time, I also have to recognize that we could be here next year. We don't know. That's the whole point of imminence. We don't know. But we know it's soon. And we know that we can see that day approaching because we're seeing the the, the signs and the things that are inside of the tribulation becoming uh, evident in our day. You know, just like the signs of, of Christmas going up. And you start seeing the Christmas signs and the, the music starts getting played and people start putting Christmas lights on their house. You know, Thanksgiving is all that much sooner. So that's where we're at now. You know, we're waiting. We're waiting for that to, to happen. I just um, we're trying to look at this from the most simplistic, um, non-sensational way that we could look at and present it very simply to you. And that, that that's what I think we did. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you putting this chart together, guys. We're gonna we're gonna make it available uh, for a download. Um, we'll figure out how best to do that. I'll put it in the description box and pin it in the comments. I'll post it on my Telegram channel. Uh, I'm sure Pete can share it on his Telegram channel as well. I'll put the uh, links to both of our Telegram. I always forget. I forget, guys, to put links for Telegram up. I'm not a promoter. If you've noticed, I mean, um, I made some t-shirts. I made, I put a, I didn't make t-shirts, but I put a website up so people could get a t-shirt with fear, not hold fast on it. And I, I don't even talk about these things or promote these things. It, this is all about Jesus. This is all about being together as a family and God and encouraging one another and looking for Jesus. And the more we can get the word out and the more we can encourage each other, the better. But, um, I'll put the links to the to our Telegram as well below, and you guys can um, we we post stuff there all the time, and we can post charts and things like that. You can download them straight from there as well. So we'll try and make all the resources available to you. And also, I I just remembered I meant to mention this earlier, but Brother Chooch at TOL in Times did a great video today, which is essentially a really pithy. Uh, boiled down version of what Pete and I just talked about today. And it's like, I think an eight minute video or something. He did a really good job. 
if you want to send someone a video that is a um, that is a uh, much shorter version than ours to get this concept across to them, <laughs> then I would recommend you send uh, Brother uh, Chooch's video. I'll link his below as well. It was a great video. I love Brother Chooch and all that he does. And um, yeah, listen, guys, don't let anyone steal your joy or steal your, you know, uh, excitement about watching for Jesus. We are there. We're at the we're at the end. And and I actually am on high alert. I, like uh, Brother Lee Brainerd said the other day, you know, now we're getting to the point where I've got the tinglys. <laughs> and uh, that's where I'm at. Like we are. We are so close. The rapture could happen at any moment. This year is going to be incredibly exciting to watch. And so will any year that we're here after this year, if we make it past this year. Uh, but the point of this kind of thinking out loud session that we did today or tonight was to look at this concept of 2,000 years or two days in the Lord's eyes from the cross to the second coming. And it's very simple. Like Pete said, very simple concept. You back off seven years at least from the second coming and sometime before that seven-year period, which is the tribulation period, the rapture should occur. And that basically gives us only four years, guys. And that includes this year as being one of those years. We are not saying that it has to be four years from now. We're saying it could be this year or in this four-year period. It doesn't have to be. We're not saying for sure it will be, but we're looking at it and we're excited and we're considering these things. And I hope you do too. And I hope you're encouraged. Got any final words? I think that's it. I think, I think I've, we've covered it all, man. Yeah, no, we beat this, beat this horse pretty good. So I just, just keep looking up, folks. Lean into the storm. The Lord's coming soon. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, guys, I've got a bunch of messages on my heart to share soon. I'm extremely busy in my life right now with it's just all kinds of stuff going on with work. And um, I'm still trying to recover with back issues. And, you know, I've got a family and full time job and all that. So. I'll, I'll make a video as soon as the Lord puts it on my heart to do so. And I'm uh, awake enough to be up here at nine o'clock at night and make one. But I encourage you guys definitely uh, keep track of Pete's uh, website, rev310.net. He puts out awesome articles all the time. And um, yeah, guys, love you, family. Thank you for being here with us tonight and encouraging each other and uh, blessing each other in the Lord. Please keep lifting each other up in prayer. Um, we, we Prayer is a powerful, powerful thing. We need to keep praying. Uh, the Lord hears our prayers, and he loves us. And so, um, guys, we love you. Pete, thank you. And um, until we see you next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Good night, guys. Good night.